I've researched the impact of the RAF since Hefke gave me 82,000 quid in uh, 1995 um, to do impact and then didn't produce the report until after the next RE had taken place and it had no effect whatsoever uh, except in Australia where the guy who was a uh, guy called Book who was uh, reviewing their approach and came to see the British impact uh, read my draft report and went back and said never do what the British do uh, <laughs> and they never have um, here's a framework basically on research strategic planning if that's what it is um, IRNs clear or vague open disputed other means proven and relevant or untested or unproven and basically I want to argue there is two quadrants the operationally is it's trial and error and experimentation a constant change um, here, uh, bidding, bargaining, um, uh, what Rajni called uh, the, the elite pressure groups. They're always lobbying um, to get things to fit with them. Um, so what are the ends? To inform funding. That was the basic aim. And for the first four or five exercises, that was the aim. What the funding strategy was, we didn't know. That only came out afterwards. To reward excellence wherever it is found, um, that was a sop to uh, the modern universities after Oxford Brooks got a five star in history and Oxford only got a five uh, and they changed to the profile. Again, the pressure has been from the uh, elite to move to funding only threes and fours. Uh, to encourage impact, that came in last time. I've always argued for impact, but the process it went through, if you read Arthur Hansier and uh, Richard Vottemere, was atrocious. Um, but nevertheless, it went through. There has never been an aim to either enhance quality, which Gritting in Australia showed was the best way of doing it, um, the sort of Avis we try harder model, uh, nor to increase productivity. If you go to Australia and New Zealand, both of those are part of their um, performance-based research funding, as it is in New Zealand. Um, when I presented, I, I ran a post-REE conference, and the chair of FEFI, um came and said, you never know how it will all turn out. And he seemed surprised. And what Hefke have done now is add things that have happened which weren't intended, or perhaps they may have been intended but weren't articulated. So it's about public accountability for spending of public funds. But they're, as I said, deficient and occluded. But they did have principles. These were established, I think, 2001. Um, and you can read through those. And if you've got any experience, is the documentation clear? Is there consistency, continuity, credibility, efficiency in the use of public funds, neutrality over research approaches, parity across different forms of output, and transparency? So let's take some of those. I did um, a couple of small surveys of uh, staff involved with the REE, um, and You'd hardly call that a four-star performance. These are percentage ratings. They were given a scale of one to ten, uh, and then aggregate and divide by uh, ten or hundred, whatever. So, you know, uh, fifty-eight percent and sixty-three percent think there was clarity in the documentation. Forty-four percent, fifty-eight percent consistency in operation across um, the different subject areas, etc. Efficiency, thirty-six and thirty-nine. Um, I think that's perhaps. Uh, affected by um, not knowing the funding. It's much more efficient than the research councils who spend about 25% of their budget on administering the process. Here it's about 5%. Uh, 
Um, but that's just the research uh, exercise itself. There is a lot of hidden spending um, within institutions. So, consistency across panels. This is 2001. I still think this is funny. Define national uh, excellence. Quality research makes an intellectual substantial contribution to new knowledge and understanding or original thought. That's the history of art. The main history panel, highly competent work within existing paradigms, which doesn't alter existing interpretations. And the ancient history panel, they didn't define national excellence, but used its professional judgment drawn from members chosen for their standing in and knowledge of the subject in both its national and international context. We'll know it when we see it. This is the fifth time the exercise had been run, and that's where they got to. Equally, these are quality ratings. Quotes to international excellence in more than half of the activity, and to national excellence in all of the remainder, presumably. Virtually all of the remainder under five, but it's virtually all. <laughs> we only found that out afterwards. It means 95%. We weren't told that. I was on a sub-panel at this point. Uh, we weren't told that. So national excellence, virtually all of the activity submitted, showing some evidence of international excellence. Over two-thirds, fine. But if I go back to the five-star five, um, the Institute, and there's somebody here, I think, from the Institute, lost their star because there were a couple of uh, submissions which weren't nationally excellent in the panel's view. So they fell below satisfying the five star. Um, they were internationally up to half, well more than half, but, uh, and certainly virtually all the remainder. But if you go for the excellence in all of the remainder, and you have two things you've submitted that aren't, you follow the rules and they lose a star. But it's very difficult uh, when you're heading a submission and you've got these vaguenesses and aren't told. So in terms of clarity, no, it wasn't. Consistency of funding? Oh, yes, sorry, let me just go back. Um, five star international excellence, etc. Uh, Ron Johnson, who used to be Vice Chancellor of Essex, and, uh, a researcher and geographer, and writes occasionally on the RE, uh, was derisory about the, um, the, full star, the five star and later the four star. He says, if, I think if it's world leading and the department's got 55% of their output as world leading, why do I, as a, an active geography researcher, why have I never heard of most of it? Uh, if it's going to change the world, the world has to know. And I did tackle Ramathiran Machandran, who was leading the uh, RE at the time, one of my former students, I confess, as was David Sweeney, and said, how do we know um, internationally recognized? How do you define it? Oh, I don't. Leave it to the panels. And we've seen what happens when we leave it to the panels. So they keep changing the funding ratio after we've submitted. So again, 1996-2001, I was involved in submitting. Um, I'd been involved in submissions uh, very much. If I knew the um, ratio was going to change from 1 to 1.5 to 1 to 3.2, the multiplier, number of staff and grade achieved, equals money, um, changes. So as I say, you could get more for four people getting um, a five than you could with 16 um, getting a 3A. Um, how do I know the calculation if I don't know what the ratio is? And again, you got 1 to 8.74 in England, 
1 to 3.26 in Wales and 1 to 3.2 in Scotland between a 3 and a 5 star. So depending which country you were in, you got a different prize for the same performance. And again, this is the fifth and sixth times it was uh, organised. John Adams demonstrated that concentration of funding had gone too far. I'll leave you to read the, the quote. But the important thing is the final line. Following the finding of this research, and I have great respect for John Adams, um, the government, I think it was making hefty, they increased the concentration of funding. So the elite, um, as Rajni says, you, know, um, you get your quote from the, the article. Elite academics in general work to co-produce the drivers, structures and templates of Sturtis competitions. Since these are based on criteria dictated by the internal, internal reputation hierarchies that already prevail. So again, that pressure to go to the top end and cut out the bottom. It's like giving tax relief to millionaires and uh, cutting benefits for the poor. And we'll come to uh, an, an example. There are two people, two university education departments. That's their 2014 output. Which has the better research output, and therefore presumably the better research to reduce that output? The answer, I think, is obvious. It's University A. So they win the competition. No, they don't. When you come to the overall rating, it changes. So they were 71% on output. They come down to 46% overall. 69% goes up to 78%. Because of the impact of impact and environment. And there were 14 modern universities that got that double-double-zero. The only uh, pre-92 university that got a double-zero was Hull in environment. All the rest got at least something in those two things. Uh, but that then accounts for. It's a bit as if Leicester, um, in the, in the pre uh, Premiership, you know, scored more goals and uh, had more, won more games and got more points. But then the Premiership authorities come along and say, um, ah, yes, but Manchester United, the team we all love to hate, you know, it's got much better changing rooms and, and their training facility is superb. And their worldwide audience, their impact on the, the football fans is immense. So they're going to win rather than you. How do you think that would get a response? Um, those are the education outcomes in general in, uh, uh, in education, showing that difference in pattern, and those are the overall. Uh, all units of assessment. So, the two factors, there was more than great drift between 2008 and 2014. For environment in 2008, the top score for 4% was 75%, and only five institutions had a score of 50% or more. Add on six years, 18, 18 institutions scored 50% or more at full star, and eight had a score of 100%. Only two modern universities scored more than zero. Manchester Met and Sheffield Hallam. Um, the post two universities had not had previous funding. What uh, this measures is how rich were you and how have you invested it, and the UGC funding had been generous. So basically they brought more, not research capital, but resource capital to research um, because the politics had no previous funding. Now in admissions, if we have somebody from a disadvantaged background, we use, uh, we lower the grade required to get entry, not in research. And for esteem, 
31 units in 2014, scored 30% or more. Um, three scored 100%, when the previous top score had been 40%. Nottingham got 100% in both environment um, and impact, so congratulations. two pages. Right, these are the new principles for 2021-2021. Equality across all types of research and output. Equality and diversity should be embedded, but women and black and minority ethnic staff are discriminated against before the REF process begins. Within the process, I think it's fine. Before the process, not. Transparency within the REF process, national level, yes, fine. It's developed a lack of transparency within institutions. I've dealt with the economy, so Let's talk about distortion of activity and outputs. Perceived panel preferences affect people's bits. They try and fit in with the panel. And the panel is, consists of the elite. In education and business studies, there were panels without any representatives from modern universities. And when I uh, challenged one of the chairs, he said, oh, really? He didn't even know. Um, activity and outputs are being distorted by reclassifying staff and the Assessment of impact uh, excluded teaching. I'm in a school of education. My impact is mainly through teaching. How do I demonstrate impact? Uh, and I came second bottom. I was a case study. Came second bottom in the ranking of case studies. And the drift engineering has moved from conference papers um, down to um, journal articles. The emphasis is on journal articles. If you produce chapters in books, it's not recognized for um, citations, so it's not recognized in the REF. Books and chapters in science and reading went from over 13% to under 1%. Social science from 46 to 15.9%. And even in art and design, journal articles were displacing media artifacts. And then you have education, business and management studies, my two interests. 40% journal articles to 78%, 59 to over 95 the Rizzle Group sets the agenda and lobbies for advantageous shifts. The CERN committee reviewing the, the REF, um, its main committee had six members from the Russell Group and one from Stanford, none from modern universities, which have a different concept of research, and I argue for a diversity of excellences. Uh, the panel feedback has repeatedly asserted its view in education. The best work is large-scale, longitudinal cohort studies using sophisticated data sets. My unit can't do that. We're not big enough, and we don't have university support anyway. So, the guides on submissions, the discontinuity <laughs> continues, lists 12 changes for 2021. And they're not minor. What staff can be submitted? What output should be submitted? It's gone from an average of four to, uh, sorry, four per person to an average of 2.5. The criteria for judging submissions the waiting for the three elements of grading and funding, an institutional environment statement, impact on teaching comes in, thank you, the ownership of work is time set, uh, put at institutional level to stop um, the buying in of um, stars. Right, this is my last one. And there are damaging consequences. It, cl it, it quotes Carol Leithwood, so you know, we can skip over that. Um, we've dropped the number of units, we've dropped the number of staff, we've dropped the number of outputs, we've dropped the number of outputs per head. Um, so, that's what's been achieved. But we're losing ground to Australia, China and others. So, there are my three main references. 
um, drawing on the work over 20 years. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Ian.